is Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck it. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. As we get ready for the July 4th weekend, hope everyone is having a safe and healthy one. Jay, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Hanging in there, enjoying the, uh, enjoying the summer off. Well, a couple of weeks off. <laughs> well, um, another interesting week in the world of wrestling. Uh, after we finished our dual episodes this past week, um, and of course, everyone should go out and check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and check out our special interview with uh, ROH Dojo Prospect Rocco, which you can be able to hear that in audio form and video on our YouTube uh, page, Workshoot Podcast. And of course, you know, give us a like. And uh, even a review, and we'll read on the air. But uh, Jay, before we uh, joined us this week, there was a, another set of releases from WWE. If you want to just get your quick thoughts on it, it was more in the N, uh, NXT variety, 205 Live, saying basically you don't exist anymore. Um, listening to a lot of people, the Dave Meltzer where it says, this time around, they were getting rid of a lot of older guys, and what they're focusing now on more will be, you know, signing young guys. It'd be like, you know, one guy gets fired, another gets hired. But it's basically almost like cleaning up the books. What was your thoughts on this round of firings? Yeah, I'm actually going back and looking at some of the people. I think that is interesting. If they if they look at it like, you know, like NFL, you know, let's say, where you get rid of some people and then you bring others in, I think it's an interesting way to think about it. I think it's an interesting way to look at it. Um, you know, I think it's, it's interesting. Like, guys – like Tyler Breeze, for example, one of the big releases. Um, so a couple of things are interesting. Marina Shafir, uh, wife of Roderick Strong, getting released was interesting because she was supposed to be in this stable, the Diamond Mine stable. Uh, so it's like, huh, okay. They, she was supposed to be like the female enforcer. And when, you, you know, we see these stables now, a lot of them do have a, have a female, you know, Hit Row has a, you know, female there. She hasn't wrestled yet, but uh, I mean, she I'm sure she will. She looks like Jade Cardgill, so I'm sure she'll be wrestling at some point. Yeah, she's, she um, looks yeah, she can go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so I, I think having a female in that stable would have made a lot of sense. Uh, so it's interesting they released her, uh, Tyler Breeze. I wouldn't say, and, you know, Fandango, Breezango, I wouldn't say that that's a surprise. Um, they've been around for a long time. Kind of, it's kind of, what are they doing here? What, you know, what are they going to do? Um, so it's one of those things. It's like you get a, a rookie in the NFL and he's there for a couple of years. If he doesn't develop, you release him. I guess wrestling is always interesting because it's like, what does that mean to develop? What does that mean in the eyes of, of whom that they developed or gotten better or didn't get better or whatever? So, um, yeah, I think moving forward, I think it could make for an interesting, uh, put interesting pressure on, NXT developmental prospects like you you got to figure this shit out or you're going to be gone um and then the idea that they are going to be looking to get younger talents um like the the kid who wrestled Adam Cole uh, and Blake Christian and guys like that I tell you one thing I'm most excited for wrestling wise the next couple of weeks is the breakout tournament um they had that two years ago they didn't have it last year probably because of the pandemic and look at who's come out of that right we got the new NXT North American champion I was right as usual. We can talk about that later. Uh, you got the guy he beat, Bronson Reed. 
um, you know, so you, you have some stars that have been made from Cameron Grimes, and the only one is the guy who left and retired. So, and who was who won the damn thing? So, ACH, yeah. so you have, so I think that's kind of where they're gonna go, right? They're not gonna wait for Samoa Joe to be 38 and then they're bringing him in, um, or Keith Lee. It's like, let's get Keith Lee when he's 25. And so, there's so much, there's so much more exposure to these guys now on television. Um, you know, like getting a guy like Myron Reed for them, like th- getting those guys early, uh, I think should be something they really think about. And so we'll see if that's the case with developmental. But again, it's, you know, cost cutting for a company that's on pace to make the most profit they've ever made. So I, you know, it's it's such a kind of a gross feeling. So when I go to my Robin Hood, I like look at different stocks or whatever. I have a you know, bunch of random stocks and the WWE is always one of those that comes up and I'm like, I just can't invest my money in this company knowing what they what they've done to people um not that these other companies i'm invested in don't do horrible things i just am not readily uh uh i don't have all that information readily available to me so um so yeah we'll see what happens what that means for the future uh but this definitely could be less of a we're cutting people to cut people but more of a we kind of kind of have to churn through who we think is not effective but then that comes the then they're really getting dicey because we saw that with Diana Peraza and Tay Conti. Like you release the wrong people, it's gonna come back to bite you in the ass. Not, absolutely. And that's a really good take on that. Uh and you know, the thing that you don't realize when this first happens is how long some of these guys are actually in the WWE system. I mean, Fandango, I'm sorry, uh Fandango was there for like eleven and a half years. Yeah. So I mean we when you first hear about all these guys getting cut, it's terrible and it still is, of course. But then you think about, it, you know, these guys had one heck of a nice little run in the company. Did they ever reach the heights that, you know, maybe they hoped they would themselves? No. But it's, you know, these guys are getting older. And, you know, you depending on some of the stuff you hear. I mean, there was rumors a couple of years ago when they were giving out all of these ridiculous, you know, long term deals because AEW was first starting. They wanted to lock everyone up in their mother that at some point it was going to come back where they had to go and trim some of the stuff. You could say that some people will say the WWE, you know, apologists will say, well, this is a sign that they truly don't care about AW. AW may have won the war on Wednesdays, but they're not a threat. So we don't have to keep all these, you know, stockpiling guys, you know, but and then on the other side, you look at and you go, what other things could happen to, you know, in the future, is this going to be every month? Are we going to have this type of cleaning of guys getting released? Cause this is the third third straight month where people are released and you wonder like in two weeks you've got you know anniversary, and that's was you know where you saw a lot of guys last year come in but in two weeks the chelsea greens of the world the are going to be have their chance to go and find out where they're going to wind up and you know you wonder how when you keep on releasing people how does that affect the market as a whole yeah i agree um i mean they could start a wrestling company with all the people that have been released you know, some of the people who were really, again, Tyler Bruce, Fandango, I mean, no one, you, won't, you don't want to see anyone lose their job, but they were there for a long time. They got a long chance. Guys like um, uh, Killian Dane, I, I don't think he got a fair shot. I don't think he ever really got a fair run. Marina Shafir never got a shot. Yeah. Um, and so those are the people that I generally feel bad for who never actually really got, you know, Kurt Stallion, they were putting him over hard. So, it I think he was that, hurt, and unless he just got re-cleared, 
like him, Davari, so a couple of these guys are actually hurt, and they may yeah. have just waited until they came off the quote unquote the DL or the IL in baseball now to go and to release them. Well, they probably didn't wait, but um, <laughs> they probably just released them. But yeah. yeah, it's it's still it's just um, so it's a bummer for those people. But I think you know in some ways Marina Shafir can go and do something else and hopefully be successful. I think Killian Dane is a guy who will definitely get another job. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see where these people end up. Um, and to your point, does this become a monthly, you know, uh, every other month occurrence? Um, you know, do we see that? And, you know, cause maybe at some point the idea is going to be, okay, let's sign a bunch of people, you know, let's sign people when they, I mean, they signed, uh, MSK and look at what they've done with them. Look at what they've done with, uh, Taya Valkyrie. Right. They've, so they've signed people and really put them up. Blake Christian, they just signed him. And he was on their, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. So like they're they're signing people, uh, but they're also letting people go at the same time. So um, we'll, we'll see how that continues to develop. Yeah. And like and we'll continue to look at this over the next couple of months on where some of these guys land. If we hear any buzz on what could or could not be happening. But uh, Jay, as we've been talking to start the show about NXT, let's start off with NXT. You, you brought it up at the begin when you started the conversation about we're going to have the breakout tournament start in two weeks, which kind of really helped revive NXT a little bit two years ago by bringing in all these guys. I mean, with that Absolutely. tournament, it was guys who had never wrestled before in the company. You know, the Swear Scots of the world, the Bronson Reeds, the ACHs, yeah. who had another name, I think Miles something or Jordan Miles. Yeah. But what do you think they're going to do this time? Do you think it's going to be just all new guys that haven't been on TV yet? Or do you think it's going to be some guys who they don't really have a story for, but they've been on like once or twice, like a Blake Christian? Yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be guys who have been who have been jobbing out. Um, They had a guy wrestle. I forget what the guy's name is that wrestled in a match this week. Um, So I think it's going to be younger guys who have been jobbing out. Um, That would be my thing. Like, I don't. You know, I wouldn't put like Leon Ruff in that category because he's been on TV. I, I think it's got to be young guys we haven't seen or young guys who have jobbed out. I think, but it was interesting with the breakout tournament that they had years ago because you had Bronson Reed, who was a wrestling veteran, Swerve Scott, who we had seen as right. Kill Shot and had been a wrestling veteran, guys in their early 30s, ACH, obviously Ring of Honor, wrestling veteran, New Japan. Um, Oh, yeah, and Cameron Grimes, who was with Impact for a long time. So now let's see how this is, right? Blake Christian, I think, is like 23, 24 years old. Um, and, you know, so are these, we've talked about them trying to go younger. Is that what this becomes? Um, and, you know, also, how do they get these guys' personalities over? Guys that we don't know anything about. It's not just going to be about their talent and seeing them wrestle, but it's also going to be about like knowing who these guys are and telling their stories uh, and how they weave that into the regular NXT product. Right. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how they do it and what they do and who's in it. Um, But, but yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a fun, a fun tournament. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm interested to see what the next, next group of people are. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be out there saying, you know, Rick Steiner's kid. And then the kid that was, the uh, co- college pro, which uh, looks like, you know, like we think we spoke about last week, the looks like a young Brock Lesnar. As far as I've, I've read in different things, neither one of these guys are really ready for that. I mean, they, no, I don't think, I don't think it'll be guys like that. Done. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be guys like that. I, I uh, maybe they're, they job out, but you can't, 
you can't put guys on TV who aren't totally ready. This isn't, you know, this isn't the main roster. So, uh, I mean, who knows? I guess it's possible. Maybe they've developed faster than we realize and they'll be out there. I don't know. But if they have no wrestling experience, I would not expect to see guys like that out there. Absolutely. Um, And it'll be interesting to see who we see in this tournament and how they maybe create some stories and some things going forward. Um, So, Jay, on this week's NXT, we saw possibly one of the final, maybe, maybe not one of the final appearances of um, Bronson Reed losing the title to Square Scott. uh, Square Scott's a guy who we both have loved for a really long time since his time in Lucha Underground as Killshot, uh, real name Shane Strickland. Do you do you think that him losing the Bronson Reed losing the title and the idea that he was on, you know, main event this past week and he's done some dark matches? Do you think the end is is near for him coming up to the main roster or no. do you think he stays around to put some guys over for a little while? What's, what's your well, best before we do that? You know, I've been called the human wheelbarrow for the show um, and I was right again. Corinna had a long talk, I, I think, on the podcast and maybe off the podcast about Swerve Scott and he's not being pushed and you're mad because he loses his matches. And I said, it's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. They're going to give him a shot. They're going to give him a shot. I know that's kind of a sarcastic applause by you, but like, I, I knew that I knew they were, I knew they would give him a shot because they kept pushing him and then they gave him the stable. And so I'm really happy for him. Um, seeing him develop, seeing him develop his character, uh, seeing this group with him, um, so I'm just, I'm really happy for him. And he's also really, really good. He's really good. And that match was very good. Um, I thought it was a great kind of big man, small man match. Um, I think Swerve Scott's, you know, he, he can, the sky's the limit with him in NXT. I mean, Vince McMahon's not going to know what to do with him, but, um, as long as he's in NXT, I think he'll, he'll continue to, to do big things. So I'm happy for him. And it was a great match. Bronson Reed. Um, yeah, I mean. Right. You know, if you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. He's been wrestling a main event. Um, he's been, you know, we know Vince. Vince's default is to go with big guys when things are, aren't going great, when he wants to change things up. Bronson Reed's a big guy. So I think that there's a ch- good chance we could see Bronson. Reed. Also, it happened very quickly. Um, which is also interesting to me that it happened so quickly with no build. He just came out and said, I want to wrestle you. And he goes, OK, I'm good. Uh, interesting that they didn't have any build, um, which makes me think Bronson Reed could be on Raw next week, but like that seems crazy. So um, I think he's not long for Raw or SmackDown. Um, maybe he's like somebody's muscle, you know, something like that. Um, so that's what that's definitely what I would expect to see sooner rather than later next, within the next month or two. Um, and maybe he stays down there. So they can repackage him and figure out what gimmick to give him or keep him off TV for a while. And then he comes back as like a different character. So I could see that as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much longer he stays there. And if he, you know, does like what they used to do in the old days, where when you leave a territory, you put some guys over it. I mean, does he put, you know, top dollar over and help this guy become something? No. What's what's he going to do? Lose all these matches? No. No, it's not gonna lose all. This. That's that. I'm not that, saying lose everybody, but you know, maybe no, some of the younger guys. No, that'd be ridiculous. He lost. He's lost the title. His his him getting put over, because then what's the value of a win or a loss? 
and he just loses to everyone at Hit Row, and then he loses to the, the, the woman, too. I mean, what are we going to have him do? To Hootie Mile, he's going to beat him? What, what, what are we doing here? They have a rematch. He loses the rematch. Maybe he even loses it clean because they did protect him. Maybe mm-hmm. he loses that match clean, and that's how you put him over. Him losing the top dollar after losing it, that doesn't make any sense. So um, I think if he's going to go, I think you have them have one more match, and then you have them have him go after that because then – you know, what are we doing here with this value? Or maybe it's a swerve and he stays down there for a little bit. Um, so really it could go, it could go either direction, but I expect for him to come up sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll, I think he'll maybe be there for a couple more weeks. I mean, could I see a situation where they try to push this guy a little bit and he winds up on SmackDown and maybe wins a slot in money in the bank next month as another, especially if that's his size, another guy to be a building block for this, High flying match, you know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Guys. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. They still have, have a couple guys. Have they announced the matches for SmackDown? What the qualifier? I don't think they have, right? So, uh, well, Biggie, Biggie beat Apollo, and then you well, have yeah. There's two more. There's two more slots. So I don't oh, think they have. Last last man standing, if between um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn this week, is the other one. The other two matches, I have I have not heard. You know what direction they're going with those. But I, I don't, you know, I don't know if that would be a bad thing to go and, you know, give him a shot right off the top, have him go to SmackDown and be in the money in the bank. Yeah, I agree. And it, it'd be the best place for him to go to start for sure. Uh, so we had Roderick Strong, new group uh, debuted this week. I thought that was done well. Um, I'm interested in seeing where they go, especially with, you know, like a Bronson Reed and possibly carrying Cross leaving who gets, you know, moved up the pecking order. But uh, Jay, next next uh, next Tuesday, still back in my mind, I think the show's on Wednesdays. Uh, next Tuesday, we've got the Great American Bash. You had the final push for Cole versus O'Reilly. I personally felt that the build kind of reached its peak last week. I didn't, I thought this week's segment was fine. I didn't think it was anything great one way or another, you know, um, but what's your thoughts going into this match next week? Do you think that this match could be anywhere as good as, you know, basically the no holds barred match they had a couple of months back? I mean, what, what's your thoughts going into this, you know, now? Yeah, I mean, we we weren't totally excited about that no holds barred match. So I think this has an opportunity to be better. The one thing that I noticed they kept saying is that this is the second match. So that leads me to believe there could be a third match. Um, kind of a, a inner circle pinnacle drag this shit out as far as we can. Um, so I could definitely see them doing something like that on the takeover. Uh, who won the first one? O'Reilly, right? So O'Reilly, yeah. uh, I could see Cole winning this one and then them saying, okay, now we've got to settle it, you know? So um, yeah, I definitely see that taking place. Um, but yeah, it was, a, you know, it's been a, the build's been fine, uh, but it's hard to top the build that they had for the first one. I mean, it's just, it's hard to keep that momentum continuing to go um but yeah we'll we'll see how they how they continue i think cole probably is the favorite to win and then they have a third match at a takeover yeah there's a takeover uh SummerSlam weekend so that that would make sense uh your other matches on the show that we know it's a four match show uh msk versus uh timothy thatcher and tomasa champa i thought the the sit down this week between the two teams i thought was fine i mean I don't know if MSK is the, the greatest on the mic ship, but I thought they were, you know, they were okay. Um, I personally think they're going to keep the titles, 
But what, what's your enthusiasm for this? Because I mean, and I'll tell you why I think they're gonna keep the titles. Because with Swerve okay. Scott winning, I think that there's a chance that they actually try to make Hit Row a major focus of the show, and I can see Hit uh, Hit Row beating MSK for the titles, and you actually have this this stable with all basically with majority of the gold, and it makes them even look bigger. I don't see. I don't think Champo and Thatcher really can lose every match. I don't think they won't be over. I don't see that happening. Really? Um, I don't see Hit Row winning the tag titles for a while. They've wrestled like three matches. Um, it could happen, but I feel like they'd really be. I mean, Swerve Scott's been. This has been coming for a long time for him, right? Uh, it wouldn't make sense for them to just give him the titles. They're still his henchmen. Uh, I mean, Top Dollar just signed with. NXT. I actually looked them up. Uh, he just had NXT in January of 2020. So, um, you know, and the other guy's been there for a long time. So, you know, I guess anything could happen, but I don't see it. I think Thatcher and Ciampa are going to win the tag titles. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Ciampa hasn't really had a prominent role in a while. And, you know, I, I think it'd be a good thing to have him have the titles and people chase him. Um, like I said, I'm going to go with MSK, but I, I would not be disappointed either way. Um, yeah. NXT women's tag team title match, the, the way Candice and Indy versus EO and Zoe Starks, uh, EO and Zoe Starks won the, uh, the three way. I thought the match was fine. You know, um, I'm going to be, I'm really interested to see what they do now. Cause it feels like. Johnny uh, Johnny Gargano is kind of at least for right now feels like the de facto babyface in the Karrion Cross storyline. Yeah, but you still have Indy and Candice kind of playing heels, and I, I wonder how some of that dynamic will work, you know, in the future. So I, I wonder if they're going to keep the titles or do you put the titles on this makeshift team of EO and Zoe Starks? Yeah, I mean the Johnny Gargano Cross thing is weird because it's like a tweener versus a tweener um i think the way keeps the tag titles um but at the same time right it's kind of like the eo thing with tomaso champa you know you have a main event level wrestler wrestling for the tag titles uh i think and that's where to me one of them wins and one of them doesn't win and i'm gonna say it's champa that wins and neo shirai doesn't win and maybe there's some miscommunication with her and Zoe Stark, and then maybe Zoe Stark and her have a feud, which I think could make for, um, you know, interesting way to develop Zoe Stark uh, and continue, obviously, you know, to, to push EO. So I could see something like that happening, but I think the way do keep the tag titles. Interesting. All right. I mean, like I said, I, I that's one of those matches that I'm really not sure because once again, I'm not really sure where this thing, the way is going. Are like a lot of for, for months the way was in skits together, and over the last couple of weeks they've basically kind of separated them. Where you know like you had Johnny, you know basically leave the arena without them, and they still had stuff. And then they're doing you know, like they, they almost don't even like really talk about each other. And, and that's and that, but that and that's why you talking about them losing the titles because if Gargano doesn't make sense, right? If they are already two different entities then they're gonna win or lose based off of them not based off of gargano mm -hmm. so you've kind of made your you've kind of made the point for me and why the way are probably going to keep the tag titles uh last match that we know about million dollar uh title match la knight still one of the worst names in wrestling 
Chris is Cameron, uh, Cameron Grimes. If he loses, he has to be the Butler. I don't think it's, I don't think Knights kept the title long enough for, for that to be a thing for him to, uh, to lose it yet. And I think that, you know, Cameron Grimes is a, he's a great wrestler, but the thing he does best is comedy and him being a Butler. And, you know, I think is what they mostly will do for a little while. At the end of the day, I think he wins the title, but I think it's way too soon to have Cameron Grimes get his main goal. I agree a hundred percent. And there's so much TV they're going to be able to get from this and funny skits. They're going to be able to do. I mean, I'm, I hope LA Knight wins because I want to see the skits and I want to see kind of what they do. There's a lot of television that they can get out of this. So I, I think, I think LA Knight's probably the heaviest favorite um, of any of the, the matches that we've called. I feel like LA Knight is a strong, strong prohibitive favorite. And the only, only other thing that we kind of know is that this battery charger was at 81%. It's gone up basically 20% per week. So I would guess that whoever this is, will be returning uh, next week on the show. I honestly don't have any great idea who it's going to be. No idea. No idea. I think that the uh, Dakota Kai, you know, had injured. Um, oh, God, I forgot her. Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox a while back. So maybe she could be coming back. So, you know, she's been out for a while. But besides that, I don't really th- can't think of anybody who, you know, they would either want to do like a big return for who's been hurt. Or it could be as simple as, you know, Finn Balor took four weeks to recharge the battery. And now he's back to go and kick ass. I think Balor would, I think Balor's would be, is a good guess. He's been gone for a little while. I think Balor's a, a pretty solid guess. Yeah. He, he was, he, he was in the, was he in a five way? He wasn't a five way, right? I don't think he, no, he wasn't. It was yeah. Cole Gargano, Pete Dunn, and um, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think maybe he's. He, I think maybe it'd be Balor. I think. I think that's a good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I can definitely see that. We'll see how that works out. But you know, we spoke a lot of interesting things about NXT to start off the show. Uh, Jay, unless you have some other NXT related things, I think we can uh, move on to a couple of other topics. Sounds good. All right. So um, AW on Saturday held its last. Uh, preemptive show they'll be back uh tonight um looks like it's you know it's another good show but jungle boy versus omega did uh did good for a saturday night with the ratings it's we had the you know the clean finish jungle boy most likely at some point will win you know a title down the road i thought the match was solid i don't think it's you know the best match aw's had all year i mean i've heard some people have said that i think it's always you know whenever we see a really good match it's recency biased but what was your thoughts on uh, Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega? Yeah, I thought it was a good match. Uh, I think Jungle Boy really has, as much as he can't, he has marbles in his mouth, he can't talk. Uh, he has really shown a lot of improvement in the ring just from seeing him. And I think he has a lot of untapped potential. So, yeah, no, I, I think uh, also congratulations for him with Anna Jay. That's a, that's, a good, that's a good move for him. So congratulations <laughs> to him for that. Uh, so he did not win a title, but he won the girl. So good for him. No, I thought the match was good. Um, I think it's just the start of things to come for, for Jungle Boy. Uh, clearly, he's someone that, you know, he's with Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt. But clearly, he's the guy uh, in that group who's going to be you know, kind of the single star. And they're going to be like his buddies basically with him. But um, but yeah, so I thought um, it was a good match. And, you know, kind of we'll, we'll see where, where things are. I did not anticipate 
Jungle Boy winning, I, there's oh, no sure. way he's good. until he gets better in a mic. He just can't. He just can't be a, a champion uh, unless he has a manager. Well, I guess the only other thing on that would be: what did you think? That, there was no "quote unquote" interference during the actual match, which is one of the things that people like about AW. You always have nine, 99 out of a hundred times you have a you know you have a finish. But what, what was your thoughts on the post match with all the convoluted stuff with the Bucks coming in, the Hardy, the Hardy? I, you know, I, I hate it. And- I hate it. I hate it. It's too much stuff. It's too. So you gotta let some stuff just naturally, organically happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a little bit like Attitude Era, like just like we gotta just have all this shit happen. Um, like, why is Matt Hardy involved? Like, why is he there? So you know, I know he's there because of Christian, and I'm sure that's gonna be one of these matches coming up. But it's like, come on. So um, I didn't love it. It wasn't like the worst thing in the world, but again, it, it's one of the things I think that takes away from making certain things feel special. Important. Yeah. Um, and then this week, uh, tonight on AEW, got a couple of matches that are announced. The big match, the two big matches that have been announced are Eddie Kingston and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Pent- uh, Pentagon versus the Young Bucks in an Eliminator match, which they've done quite a few of these. The Bucks have always won the Eliminator match. So I do wonder, because you have these four big shows coming up, you know, when they start their road, uh, back on the road starting next week, do you give Kingston and uh, Penta any chance of being the first team to actually win an Eliminator match? Or do you think the Bucks continue to beat people? And then at just some point, as we get closer to All Out, someone actually either wins an Eliminator or a feud happens to set up the All Out match. Yeah, so right, I think that the i i think kingston um and penta are definitely underdogs i don't think they're gigantic underdogs though and so i think it might be a way to kind of spice things up and you know keep things going um so yeah i i think that they absolutely have a chance to win penta and eddie i wouldn't expect it uh you know they've talked about their makeshift tag team blah 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 um, you know, clearly Eddie Kingston's a guy that AW really likes. And so I could see them giving him a push, but it's like, okay, Eddie Kingston gets another shot at the tag titles. You know, he's a singles wrestler. He was with Moxley. So, you know, in that way, it's like, okay, we're going to give this guy another shot. So I, I get where it could kind of go either way, but I, I expect the Bucks to win, but would not be surprised if Eddie and uh, Penta win. I have, I have the same general thought as you. I mean, I kind of like the idea. I mean, I know that some people don't love the Bucks as heels. They think they're too goofy. But I like the idea that they're, they're both- so they're so goofy. They're so they're so goofy. It's so they're just over the top, and they're just not they're just not good heels. They're just. I think Matt Jackson's a good heel. I think Nick Jackson is just trying way too hard. He just just should not talk. Uh, and I and I do appreciate the fact that you know they make their champions strong. The young Bucks basically never lose. And, you know, those titles mean something. Absolutely. You know, I agree with I'm that, not gonna, I agree with I'm that not, 100%. I'm not going to run down other companies, but you know what? One of the things you can say about AEW is their champions feel like they're booked as champions. Absolutely. Not 50-50. Yeah. Uh, your other two big matches that we know of is Miro versus Brian Pillman Jr. There's no chance that Brian Pillman Jr. wins the match, no. but I think it's going to be interesting to see how much Pillman has progressed and how much offense he gets in from Miro. Cause I think 
Miro is has this character now that he's really good at. And I I would like to see Miro kill him. I, I mean, I know that you want to see Killman get And you got to have the guy come in there and get it. He's got to come in there and have a couple of moves, have a surprise. Like, you're in the business of putting people over, not burying people. He's going to win the well, match. Not, well, not he's going to, but... Corey, if he beats him in two minutes, it's like, okay. They gave him a shot against, um, you know, he he had a shot against, they had a shot against the Bucks. They lost that match, and that was a competitive match. You don't have to squash someone to put to to, to be put over. If Miro beats him in a competitive match, it, he, it, he's still going to look good. I, I don't, I don't, I, we've, we've established who Miro is. He came out defending Penelope for Don and destroyed a bunch of people, right? Like yeah. he doesn't, we don't need to have him squash. He's not, he's not a character we're looking to establish. He is established. We need, I mean, we need to establish Brian Pillman Jr. Cause I think that's a guy that they have some faith in. I think that's a guy that they like. And, and I think he's a natural baby face um, who I, you know, he got, they got a lot of cheers when they came out on dark, uh, I think it was elevation on Monday. So I think, it's, I think there's those, you know, he's got a great story, obviously the dark side of the ring. Yeah. Uh, but even in, when he was in MLW, he showed a lot of personality. Like he was really funny in some of those uh, promos and backstage stuff. So um, yeah, no, I, I, um, uh, Oh, by the way, speaking of, I was just thinking about this because uh, MLW had the heart foundation and it looks like neither one of those guys are there. You know who, who that could be the, um, the whole uh, battery thing could be David Boy Smith Jr. So hmm. just throw, just throwing that out there as a as a guy for NXT. Possibly. That'd be that'd be a cool surprise. Yeah, it would be. But but anyway, uh, yeah, I think Pillman Jr. They have to make him competitive. They can't bury the guy because I think they like him and they look at him as a as a as a possible future guy in the company. Uh, and so do I. I think he's I think he's really really good. And I think the one improvement he has made is on the mic. I think he's really improved on the mic and. I, and I'm going to give MLW a lot of credit for that because they really gave let him, him go. They really gave him a chance. And I think they helped him develop his, his mic skills. So I think that's competitive. But, I mean, you know, and I know you're going to talk about the biggest match. I think this MJF Sammy Guevara match is one of the biggest matches they've had on Dynamite in a really long time. Agreed. Hey, thank you. We'll go right there. Uh, I This is one of those matches where you almost wish – that nobody could lose, but because the way that they book, there are winners and losers. So, I mean, I would expect MJF because, you know, he's basically never lost uh, a singles match except against Moxley. I think, yeah, he hasn't lost except in tags, except the Moxley title match. He hasn't lost. And I still think that the general idea is the the one-on-one match between MJF and um, Jericho at, you know, maybe at all out or one of these, you know, specialty shows. Yeah. And especially, and, you know, due to the fact that Jericho is on commentary tonight, I could see, you know, maybe something happening, you know, maybe some sort of confrontation there. But I do I do agree with you. This is a really big test for two of your young guys. Like a lot of people say, you know, the three, three guys that they're going to build this brand when all of your former WWE guys, you know, either go into the sunset or aren't big, big anymore are Sammy, MJF and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy had his time to shine last week. And now it's time for Sammy and MJF to shine. And I think that is going to be a really good test for them. Yeah. I mean, the match is going to be good. I mean, that, that, I mean, I have no doubt about that. Um, But I think what they do with the person who loses the match going forward is interesting. You know, they've made a concerted effort to put Sammy over. He won the match. um, You know, he won the stadium stampede. 
he's been the one coming out saving the inner circle multiple times coming out saving the inner circle um in their uh, blood and guts match he was the star of that match so they've done a lot of things to make him stand out so maybe if they have him lose here you could say hey they've made him stand out but he you know he lost the match but they've still made him stand out to the point where a loss is not going to kill him um you know then there's the idea like MJF has beaten Jericho already. Right. And so, like, does he need to win this match to put himself over against Jericho? You know, I don't know. Um, personally, I don't have a lot of interest in seeing an MJF versus Jericho match, but um, that that's for that's for other people. But so I it really could go either way. I, I think you're right. I think MJF wins, but it's a really big match. Um, I think it's one of the biggest matches they've had on Dynamite that they've ever had in the company's history on, on Dynamite. Uh, that's not for a title. Because uh, whoever loses this match really could skyrocket. And and whoever loses this match, you're going to have to figure out kind of what, what the next steps are. So right. I mean, like I said, I, I could see Sammy having the match won and then the, um, the pinnacle come down and they do something to affect, you know, setting up the match some point in the next couple of weeks with Sean Spears. And, you know, I could see that type of stuff happening. But, uh, Jay, one of the things we didn't talk about from last week's show, before we move on from AEW and get to a couple of things, is the one of the better talking segments they've had in the pandemic era, or just in general. You had Conan coming, uh, his, basically his first actual appearance. I mean, he's done some backstage stuff. But Conan and Tully Blanchard. I thought that Conan was in rare form. I think when Conan is on, he's one of the best promos in the industry, you know, I didn't when, say when he is on. What does that mean when he's on? Is he off? I've watched I've watched Conan promos forever. He's always on. I mean, so he's always great. Like he's with MLW, he's great. He's always great. So it's not when he's on. He's always on. But, You're right. I guess that was the wrong way of saying that. But I thought he was great. I mean, I think Tully was Tully was fine, but it was almost like. Tully didn't realize what he was going up against a little bit. And he, some of the lines that Conan said, and we'll get into momentarily here, were just so sharp and made you think, and they were relevant to the times that we're in. It was just like Tony Khan said, here's the mic, get over the fact that we have this match coming up, but I trust you enough to go and say what you need. And, you know, you got, you know, you got six minutes, whatever the hell long the segment was, just roll. I mean, giving Conan a live mic is, uh, <laughs> a little dangerous. A little dangerous. Little, I mean, MLW, like, he's just off his fucking rocker in MLW. Sometimes he says some wild shit. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, proud and powerful. I think Santana's really developed on the mic. I think Ortiz kind of is what he is. And and that's the example for the me for the Bucks is Ortiz says very little and Santana does more of the talking. And I think that's what they should do with the Bucks. I think Matt Jackson should do all the talking and Nick Jackson should just stand in the background. And that should be their roles. I think that would help put them over a little better. Um, as far as Prime and Powerful goes, if they didn't, if they weren't in the inner circle and, you know, all that jazz, I would say kind of reforming LAX with Conan as their manager, I think would be, would be fantastic. Um, and so I hope that Conan is involved more moving forward. And I think based off his, well, I mean, he, they, he got killed basically. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know where he's going to be, but I'd love to see him and in, be more involved on, uh, in the show moving forward. 
and helping LAX out, helping Pride and Powerful out specifically. So um, we'll see. But yeah, the segment was segment was great. It was very entertaining. And you know, not to compare this to WWE, and we try not to do that too much, but they they're not they're not gonna do a segment like that in the WWE. They're just not, they're just never gonna have a segment like that in the WWE. It's very ECW-esque. And um, yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see. Yeah, I mean, I thought that Conan went and made me care about this match than anything that they've done before with, you know, the attacks and the different stuff. It felt it felt like a real feud all of a sudden. You know, I mean, you have two of the best tag teams in wrestling. Absolutely. Oh, I don't I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I, I think they've done a really good job with like their vignettes and stuff. Like oh, that. I, promo I don't I don't agree. Oh, too. Conan made me want to watch the match now. I, I don't I don't I don't agree with that at all. I think it was a great segment and I think it's OK. It's saying it was a great segment, but they've also done because re- I think by saying I, I, I you, sit, you you you've done you say that sometimes like oh that made me want to see it but to me then you're you're to me in my opinion you're negating the other stuff they've done you know this isn't one of these feuds where they haven't done anything they've absolutely built this up over I think a long span of time um, now you could say Conan put it over the top That's but, in my, but in my opinion like I, I I think they've done a lot you know and I rip AEW for sometimes you know whatever. But they've really done a very, very good job on their TV, not just BTE or Row 2 series, on their TV of establishing um, why these guys don't like each other, you know, and things like that. The one line that was funny with Conan is when he talked about, like, the incarceration rate for black and brown people. And right. The audience was like, uh, uh, we don't know what to say. Um, so they didn't, they didn't really react to that, which, I mean, makes sense. Um, but... Yeah, no, I, I thought his whole, all his lines were great. The line at the end about, you know, Tessa Blanchard being married to Daga, you better learn Spanish. You know, the whole thing was just, was, was, was really, really great and really fun. And it was fun. You know, it was, a, it was funny, but it was also like fun. Like this is what wrestling can be oftentimes, but isn't all the time. Agreed. And, you know, like I said, I'll just finish it on this was the idea that, I guess what I was trying to say at the end of it was the fact that, they got the idea. They brought the idea that Conan's like a father figure to them. And then you had the attack at the end, which, of course, everyone knew that's what was where it was going to go. But you had the attack on Conan. And if you know anything about Conan, he hasn't been in the greatest of health over the last couple of years. And that, you know, that just led that one more piece where we might have had disagreements, but you took out our father figure. Now this match is going to happen. And, you know, I just felt that was like an exciting thing that maybe go all right, I'm ready to see this match. Everything leading up to it was really good, but now I need to see this match sooner than later. I guess yeah, and it, and it definitely establishes um, FTR as like these complete assholes, you know? So yeah, no, it was it was a great segment. Yeah. Um, so Jay, I think that unless you have anything else AEW related that you want to speak on before we talk about the, the big one at the end, uh, unless you... No, I'm, I, yeah, no, um... We, yeah, we can wait for that. We can wait for that at the end. All right. Um, WWE second week in a row. Raw was, I guess, the best way you could put it was watchable. You know, it feels like as crowds are coming back, they're starting to get their act together, you know, in a semi sort of way. Are they? I, I thought Raw was. was they got, we, got, we got a superhero. We got a demonic person. Um, we have a, 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 a white guy. Using using the strap, 
Yeah, that was um, quite old weird. They have, you know, he's a he's a baby face apparently. Um, we have a you know bunch of segments that are silly. You know, is it better? Like, I don't know that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it that it's better. I don't think that. I don't think the shows are. I don't think it was a good show at all. I mean, I I, there were some. There were good. There were good parts to it. I should say, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think it's like. Oh, I mean, maybe the crowd won't shit on much of the things that happen. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll just be like, oh, all right. You know. Um, but you know, I, I don't. I guess the the idea that they're getting their act together. I'm not sure if I. If I'm there with you on that, well, all right. well, for Raw. well, my favorite segment of the night, and it's it's amazing. Pretty much everything we're talking about this week are really good promos. But I thought the segment between and I, and it's been building over the last couple of weeks, so this isn't come out of nowhere. But I thought the MVP Kofi Kingston segment I thought was really strong, and I think that you continue to see. I don't think he's winning the match of Money in the Bank by any stretch. I think Lashley's time isn't over yet. But Kofi, if given the chance, can be such an inspirational quality babyface champion or contender and that's sometimes just what you're looking for is good things that make you say all right i can see where they can go in the future and i that segment really worked to me and maybe that's and i thought the main event you know going like 30 minutes i thought it was a quality main event so you know there were points when i left that show i remembered like i said the confrontation and i remembered the main event yeah and you know as jason powell said you know they need to establish some male baby faces on the brand you know um and so maybe kofi's that person you know um and we talked about this at the time right like when he lost to brock they did such a bad job of trying to reestablish him after losing in eight seconds like it's like he didn't give a shit about losing i feel like that's a stain that 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 has stuck with him quite frankly uh you can win as many titles tag titles as you want but you were the WWE champion. You lost in eight seconds and it didn't seem like you gave a shit. And that's something that's always going to hang over his head as possibly being a, you know, main event level guy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if he would have just wrestled him again and had a good match, then it would have been like, all right, well, you know, that first one was a fluke, but you still lost, but you're still a guy potentially. Now I feel like they're just shoehorning him in. Cause like, we don't got anybody else. You know, we can't make it ricochet. So here you go. Um, and so I, I, although I enjoyed the MVP um, MVP segment with Kofi, I still think there's something really missing with the, with the feud. And I think part of that is the believability. And even if Kofi beat Brock or didn't lose to Brock in eight seconds, that probably would be the case. But I, I, I think that it makes me less, it, it just, it makes me feel, it makes me feel like he is, just a guy not that he's a main event guy who got put in the spot because they don't have another guy he's not really a main event guy but he's a guy they just need to put in there if that if that makes sense no i can see that oh and uh so uh some of the people in the wrestling life uh facebook group uh, gave a couple of comments today uh felipe uh lucio who is one half of the total basis podcast you can catch on sundays wrote i'm a huge fan of conan so I'll go wherever he tells me to go. So, I mean, there are certain guys out there that when they speak, they make an impact. And I think that's what we see. And, you know, we see similar thing with MVP, Conan. We've got these guys who maybe can't go in the ring anymore, but they can do something else in the industry that really helps push other guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, also uh, Brian Drake from the... uh, There he is. 
The, the fantasy football, football hustle. hustle, yep. Yeah, hustle to do that, but we told, like, this past week they did 101, but they celebrated their 100th episode, uh, gave us a little bit of love early in the episode, and uh, our social media uh, guru, Jackie Endy from the You Don't Know Jackie podcast, gave us a little waving emoji, you know, saying that she's joined us, and I'm sure she'll say something really positive about Jason momentarily, and something snide about me, so we'll wait for that that comment, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, so like I said, Royal was better, at least in my opinion. Smackdown this past week with the return of Edge. I I liked it. I don't know if I needed this to turn out to be a three-way for the title. You know, going going at Money in the Bank. What was what was your thoughts on uh, a three-way? Yeah, it's going to be Edge versus Rollins versus Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. Rollins isn't in it. Yeah, yes. They just did they did they just put him in it? They announced it uh, like the following day. Huh. Because on Talking Smack, he wasn't, I don't know if you saw Talking Smack, but he was like, they were saying, you know, it's Edge. And he announced it as, as, so they just shoehorned him in. That's interesting. I did not, I did not know they announced that. Okay. All right. That's. Oh, and congratulations to him and uh, Becky Lynch. You just got married yesterday. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, oh, that's interesting. I, I agree with you. He does not need to be, he does not need to be in the, he does not need to be in a, the match, but I guess it's a way to put him in um, where he's not going to be in the money in the bank, but it's a way to have him have some type of impact on the show without being. um, Yeah, I I don't, but I I don't, I don't like that. See, I'm looking on uh, CBS. They're saying it's still just the two, um, the two of them reigns against edge. Well, thank you for supporting uh, my other job. Um, well, and uh, I mean that's that's a, as of a couple of days ago. So I'm I'm I'll keep I'll keep looking, but they didn't. I mean, maybe I'm missing something. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, and just two more comments, just because we're talking here. Uh, Jackie Endy didn't take long to respond. Uh, we'll follow Jason to any podcast he does. Let's Can't go. say that much for Corey. Let's go. I love I love everyone in the You Don't Know Jackie podcast. Some more than others, apparently, right now. Yeah, and uh, Felipe with another comment since coming back to wrestling in 2016, I've watched Conan on Lucha underground, AW and impact and pretty much love enjoyed his work in every promotion he's been in. Um, so Corey, I'm on WWE's website and they have it um, reigns against edge. Really? I swore yeah. I saw somewhere. So, yeah. So that that's cause I, I, because they made a big deal on talking smack about Rollins not being in there. So All right, maybe I'm wrong. I could have swore I yeah, saw so a graphic. I, so, I mean, maybe he'll be added and maybe that's the plan that he'll be added on Friday. You know, there's, there's also, I don't know if, when, when did, when does WWE go back on the road? Is it July 16th? I believe so. Yeah. That, that's SmackDown. Yeah. So, so they may, so this one's going to be July 2nd. They may have taped the last couple of Smack. They're supposed to be taping these last shows from the Thunderdome. Yeah, I think it's next week they're gonna tape them. Yeah. So okay, so they didn't tape them yet. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's gonna happen. But right now on the website, it's just Reigns against Edge. All right. Maybe maybe I was wrong. I could have swore I read that. But yeah. Also, it doesn't make it wouldn't make any sense for them to just say, "Oh, we're just gonna tell you now that it's a triple threat." Like they would, you would think they would do some some you know a segment on SmackDown or whatever. So again, right now Reigns against Edge. Uh, I I'm, I'm I think it'll be a good match. Um, and I mean, you know, I would say Edge has no chance of winning because Reigns is beating everybody. 
but you know, I, I guess it's, it is possible. I, I don't see it, but with Reigns not being, or with rounds, not being in the match, but saying he's ready to be in there and stuff like that, but he's a heel. Um, where does he land with all this? I, I think, I think that part, and that's what I'm saying. The storylines for SmackDown are just so much more compelling. Um, and they, there's a lot of meat on that bone, a lot of ways they can go with how they decide to do the uh, main event for, for Money in the Bank. And I think Reigns Edge will definitely be the main events. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that being the, uh, the main event. Uh, Jay, unless there's other stuff WWE-related you want to talk about, I think it's a good time to do some plugs. Yep. Uh, so we are part of the Great uh, Life Group podcast. Uh, Monday, we've got Dong City uh, with Henry and Vince. Uh, Tuesday, we've got the Audible with Matt and Randy. Football, right now things are slowing down. Corey was a guest host on there. That's how you know things were slowing down. Wow. Uh, Thursday, you've got us, Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Friday, we've got the step back with Jacob and Leon. Uh, and then Sunday, more of a fantasy baseball podcast. You've got total bases. So um, check all those podcasts out. The guys are all great guys and uh, fun to listen to. So, so check them out. Um, we are Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, Jackie. At Worked Shoot Pod. So check us out at Worked Shoot Pod. Um, I did tweet out something that we're going to actually talk about right now. Um, so trying to get more active on there and I'll probably, I might live tweet the show tonight now that it's on Wednesdays and I'm going to be home. My wife's away right now. So, um, I may may live tweet the show. So, so, so yeah, so get, stay tuned for that. Uh, and as always, you know, she gets her multiple mentions on the show. There's another show that, uh, I'm part of, and you will hopefully be on again real soon. We're coming to our 100th episode as well. Do you remember the name of that podcast by chance? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie, Jackie, Andy, Jackie, Rachel, Jackie, Corey, the comedy podcast for the ages. Very cool. Uh, we will have the second half of the, uh, the overrated show known as friends this week. And then, uh, We'll start getting closer, like I said, to episode 100. Having hopefully Jason will be available to come on that show and uh, some other people from the past. Um, before we start, you know, newer and more interesting things as we'll talk about in the weeks to come. But uh, Jay, we usually, you know, have a little fun on this show, but every once in a while something will come up that, you know, will spark an interest. And uh, Jay, I'm going to let you take the floor on our final subject today because it's something that I think was near and dear to your heart. And, uh, you know, you, you well, get, well, uh, well, we're we don't need to go that crazy, but it's so I, I was watching AW Dark Dark or Elevation, the one on Monday. I forget the name. Okay. The names escape me, and um, you know, because you told me about Will Will uh, Willie Utah, and that's that's my dude. And so I was like, ah, let me watch, you know, check it out or whatever. And of course, he got squashed. But um, so I so um, Private Party came out. I'm like man, I haven't seen these dudes in forever. And then I'm like, wait a minute. They're heels and they're black. The acclaimed right now, I think they're going to be baby faces eventually, but they're heels. Scorpio Sky kind of goes on and on. But, you know, Jade, you know, all these African-American wrestlers. Well, Hobbs, like all their black wrestlers, all their black prominent wrestlers are heels. 
And you look at some of the other companies, uh, you know, you look at MLW with Myron Reed, you look at uh, uh, WWE with The New Day, with Bianca Belair, you look at Impact with Rich Swan, who used to be their champion. Um, you look at uh, Ring of Honor with the foundation with uh, Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal. And, you know, I said last week that I thought um, one reason why Jungle Boy had an opportunity to stand out was because he was a good looking young white guy. And I think AW likes those, their, their, those guys. And I, I, I want to make this clear. Most people say, oh, you're, you know, you're saying everything's about race and, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm just pointing out that I think it's interesting that none of their prominent wrestlers who are black are baby faces. And that might change. But, you know, like, why is Scorpio Sky a heel? You know what I mean? Like, why? Will Hobbs is different. I think eventually they'll, they'll turn him. But I, I just, I think it's interesting. Um, and I don't have, like, a take, like, oh, Tony Khan's a racist. Like that's not, that's not what this is. That's not what this is about. Um, I just think it's an interesting thing to note, and I hope that that changes. I know that they're trying to do stuff. You know, you got Lee Johnson, and I know they're trying to put over some of the younger guys, younger um, black wrestlers. And Top Flight kind of got hurt by the 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 one guy getting hurt. But um, yeah, I just I don't know. I find it interesting. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's always interesting with, you know, the white guy on the podcast giving his take, obviously, because he doesn't, you know, live the experiences. And sometimes you don't notice things as as simply. Like I, I mean, said, I didn't notice it's all private party because they were big baby faces. Right. And now they're part of this goofy stable and they're barely on the show, except for like when they come out and they attack somebody. Right. So uh, I'm going to take this from two facts. I'm, I totally agree with Jason on the idea that there's a under... Uh, amount of African-American or black wrestlers in AEW. And, you know, you could say, you know, in a lot of other companies as well, you have some, but a, a lot more black characters are usually come across as heels or, you know, the not, not straight up baby faces. I mean, you have the new day and now like an MLW, you said you have uh, Myron Reed, who was a heel for quite a while. Now he's a baby face, but I, there's two things I want to say here. One, like I said, I agree with you that this is something that's got to be adjusted. And, and then two, I think that a lot of times, and you can tell me this is an excuse, but I think it's a lot of times, and this is black, white, or anything else, when especially when a person isn't TV ready or has and Scorpio Sky is a different aspect. I think he got, the storyline was he got hurt, he got frustrated on the lack of a push, and he came back with a more aggressive style. And they just, and him and uh, Ethan Page had a chemistry, and now they're heels. And I think in the long term, I think Scorpio Sky is going to be one of the bigger baby faces down the line because he was one. And I think he he worked pretty well as a baby face. I don't know if he ever really stood out besides his very first time on the program where he wrestled where, you know, basically with no shoes on. And they they wound up winning the other tag team titles at first tournament. But I do think that it's easier to be a heel, especially in the beginning. And I could see like a Will Hobbs or the Acclaim being baby faces in the long run, you know, because like I said, you've had other people like the New Day characters start off as heels. I'll, you know, Bobby Lashley, who's one of the top four or five guys in WWE right now, is a heel. So, I mean, yes, you do have the Bianca Belairs who are doing really well as a baby face. But I do think it takes time. And and also where if you want to bring a lot of these younger guys up, you stick them with a manager or a mouthpiece or something. And a majority of the mouthpieces or the he uh the managers in this company are all heels so you know like a hobbs has got to be like 
uh, Jay Cargill, I don't know if Jay Cargill works as the arrogant baby face. You know, I think she would just come off as a bitch. I mean, I understand it's her characters, I'm that bitch. But I think that as a heel, it allows her to go and create a character and be more. Like, not Black, but Samoan. Roman Reigns didn't work as a babyface. He's a heel now, and at some point, he's going to be babyface again. And I think he'll be more over because he had the experience of the freedom of being a character. Does it make up for the fact that you have no... And I know it's a very big thing in every minority community. You want to have people that you can look up and see yourself. Absolutely. And I see that's kind of, I think, part of the reason why this, this hits you more with a lot of things that go in our society and everything else on the idea of, the, even with, you know, maybe you didn't think about this. We spoke about earlier with the Conan promo, you know, you have the, you know, four to one or five to whatever it was of minorities in jail. No, I mean, yeah, I mentioned it. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think that that's all a part of it. Right. But then I think it's just, you know, black guys can't be baby faces. I think some of it comes down to like really deeper societal issues and systemic issues that we have in our country too but some of it's just like man we can't get the junkyard dog <laughs> like we can't, we can't get one baby face like you know it's and so you know and i know that they don't have a ton of black wrestlers who are veterans mm-hmm. let's say I love that, hey, and the um, rock i think they have they, they, i mean a lot of african-american yeah yeah of course i know you're gonna get i'm saying i'm what i'm saying is though you can give me all these historical examples and i understand that but but we could do that until the cows come home they still don't have any prominent African American wrestlers who are baby faces. To me, that's a problem. I, um, I agree. And 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 hopefully that'll be situated and figured out at some point. It's just interesting to me. And also like how you know you have a you have a booking staff, and I'm glad like Mark Henry's there. You have a booking staff with Tony Khan and the EVPs, and you know they're all white, right? Um, and you know, even down to women, like there's no, I don't know who the woman, there's no woman who's booking stuff. It's, I think Omega and I mean, there was rumors that ran, uh, that Brandy Rhodes, oh, she's come on, she's not come on, she she can't wrestle with her paperback, right? So she's there, she's there there to be uh, a face, she's not has no influence, so um. And I mean, it's a beautiful face, it is, and congratulations to her and Cody. Um, but right. She's not there to have any impact, you know? So yeah, I, I think you have, and, and the same thing we talked about with the women's division, how until recently, like it was kind of the redheaded stepchild. Cause again, you got a bunch of white guys booking for a bunch of women. So I think they need to figure that part out. Maybe that's the bigger issue. They, you know, maybe Mark Henry being there, will really, really help them having a prominent, um, you know, African-American veteran who's been through it all will kind of help them in terms of booking, um, you know, some of their African-American characters, um, you know, and we'll see what they do in terms of, of, you know, having a strong female veteran who may be retired, um, you know, like a Molly Holly would be unbelievable there, you know? So maybe that's where they look to down the road, but I think if they, want to be this like inclusive company that they kind of you know want to seem to be with the pride stuff which is great happy pride month it's almost over um but like you know you can say all the stuff but the proof is in the pudding right the proof the proof is in the pudding so we'll see where where they where they go and where they are with inclusion here um as we continue to march forward 
that being said, they are still a young company and a lot of their black wrestlers are young, um, young and experienced. And to your point, it does take some time to figure that out. But like private party, what are you doing with them? They were baby faces that everybody loved. Like, you know, and Scorpio's. So some of the stuff is like silly in my opinion. Um, but, you know, I guess I guess we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see where they where they go with that. Uh, just a couple of quick comments here. Uh, Jackie Endy, uh, that's a problem. Why would she uh, why she uh, has to come off that way? Anything to do with implicit bias? I think they were, that was in regards mm. to uh, Jake Cargill. Jake Cargill. Absolutely. Um, Felipe from our Total Basis podcast. I guess uh, personality, if, uh, I'm sorry, that's a different one. Basically, he was saying if people, is it better for uh, some of people of, people of color to be heels or be have like goofy baby face, you know, characters? Because that's usually a lot of the baby faces in most of these companies are, you know, just basically goofballs. So, and, you know, yeah. that's, that's an interesting point. Uh, yeah. And he also wrote, I guess personally, if Pentagon Dark, turned into a baby face, I would be pissed off. Maybe it's more complicated than initially thought. So, I mean, and one of the things they are doing well, and I know this is kind of a different subject, is as, as hard of a time as they have with the representation for African-American uh, Black characters, they're doing a very good job on the baby face side with your, your Latin X characters and to a much lesser yeah, degree yeah. with your, um, your Asian characters. I mean, you're proud yeah. and powerful. You got Sammy Guevara we've spoken about you know yeah. so those are big time baby face characters so they're doing a good job and then you know with with Sheeta and to a much less success rio you know so i mean it, it, it is a very wonder how things will work in the long run but i think that like your type of tweet and if other people speak about this maybe we can get a change but uh yeah. jay any last thoughts on this before no we i i i think that's an interesting point by felipe like right like is it better to have a goofy babyface character that doesn't that no one's going to respect or have them be a heel? I guess my thing is when Scorpio Sky was a babyface, like he wasn't a goofball. You know, he was like this good looking dude who wore Jordans, who had some swag, who was a really good wrestler. Like, you know, like and Private Party were these guys who like like to go to the club. Like they were they were both fun characters that, you know, they didn't need to break up and make heels as quickly. Um, you know, so I, I would much rather them stay heels for their own, you know, for their longevity's sake, uh, rather than be goofy baby faces. But you know, what we think is goofy, like the new day, other people really, really enjoy. Um, and those guys have all turned out to be stars as a result. So, you know, it kind of it kind of depends, but hopefully. You know they'll they'll kind of change change some things moving forward, and I I do think beyond what we see from you know some of their you know the wrestlers being pushed, I think their front off in their office they need to have more black yeah, and brown absolutely. and and, fe yeah, and female voices. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so we'll see how it goes. So Jay, like I said, we covered some fun stuff. We covered some serious stuff. This is what you can get every week on the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast talking about, you know, the serious and the silly, because, you know, as you always see, Jay, you know, it's, it's wrestling. What are we talking about here? Um, I think it was, it was a great episode. I hope you enjoy your 4th of July uh, weekend, you know, take a little bit of vacation time in, uh, in Rochester, catch up with some old friends and maybe, you know, tell Rocco to, uh, we said hello as he continues yep. to strive in uh, 
ROH. And of course, as I said before, you can check out that interview wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and of course, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at WorkshootPod. Jason, as always, the final word is yours as we get ready to celebrate, you know, Independence Day. I think we're done here. See ya. <laughs>